Episode 139 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast will take you through some college basketball happening around the area. Plus, it's the return of college softball and college baseball in the Sunday region. If it's local Sunday sports you want, you get local Sunday sports. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly podcast dedicated to sports happening in the Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio region. Visit theleewmowen.com slash podcasts to listen on your favorite platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and more. Follow the host on Twitter at the Lee W. Mowen and the podcast at Sunday Pod. Opening theme is Arpy by Dan Hennig from the YouTube Music Library Collection. Now for your host, Lee W. Mowen. Welcome back, listener, to the local Sunday Sports Podcast, where we talk nothing but Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio area sports. Of course, you know the big buzzword is the coronavirus and what's happening with the high school tournaments, college tournaments, even some professional games being shook down by this. I'm not getting into the severity of it because... I'm not a doctor, nor do I play a doctor, and nor did I stay at a Holiday Inn last night. It's very serious. You can have your own take on it. You know, just make sure, wash your hands, and stay healthy. But, as you might have heard by now, the high school basketball tournaments looks like they're going to be played in front of immediate family members and working media and sports folks. And some tournaments will not have a single fan in them, like the Mid-American Conference Tournament up in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, like I said, not going to talk about the severity of it, because, you know, I I don't fully understand it. I know it's serious, and I know it's scary, and yours truly is afraid, not just of catching a, the coronavirus, but also what would happen if you know, my sports would be thrown by the wayside. I would kind of be screwed <laughs> to put it out there. This is a great start to the podcast, I know. But, yeah. Hopefully, spring sports continue. Right now, it's just indoor sports. You know, basketball, wrestling, you know, the like. Hockey is affected in this, too. But, who's to say that's not going to swap over to spring sports? In fact, I just saw from ESPN, the Ivy League has decided to forego the spring season. It means no baseball, no softball, no track and field, no golf, no tennis, and nothing else. Lacrosse is another one. And nothing else in the spring. That's Division One Ivy League. That's where the brainiacs go to study or something. I don't know. But, yeah, that's that's my big fear. I hope that doesn't happen at Dayton or Wright State or anywhere around here. But Let's move along and talk a little bit about dancing. I, of course, talk about college basketball playoffs. Of course, the big dance field 
hasn't been pieced together yet, but some of the local teams will be dancing already, and some will be dancing in another tournament. We'll cover the entire spread of Cincinnati-Dayton colleges. Now, keep in mind, like I mentioned, the big field won't be announced until, what, Sunday, I think? Maybe even Monday? But we'll talk about that next week, and we'll also talk about high school basketball playoffs because those are starting to wind down, too. I promise we'll talk about those next week. We're not going to do the one-minute dash. I just don't... (laughs) I don't know. It feels disingenuine to have the one-minute dash. There's some leagues or some divisions where I don't have but one team to talk about. So we're foregoing that today for both the college basketball and college baseball softball segments. So let's enjoy some college basketball talk. We'll keep it as short as possible. Again, it will start with Division I NCAA with my alma mater, Wright State Raiders. Mentioned that the women were in the Horizon League tournament. They have one more home game last weekend, and it was to the number six seeded Cleveland State Vikings, a team that Wright State beat both times in the regular season. Well, the third time, not so much the charm, as Cleveland State came away with a 63-52 win at the Nutter Center, therefore punching the Vikings ticket over west to Indianapolis, and what could end the Wright State Raiders women's basketball season. Men's basketball, it's been a couple days removed since that tough semifinal loss. We'll talk about that. Raiders 25-7. and Of course, they're the regular season champs in the Horizon League, and a lot of people, myself included, were picking Wright State to win the whole kit and caboodle. Well, UIC had some of her plans. And in fact, with UIC's win over Wright State, that would be 73-56 Flames, UIC made it to the HL Final for the first time since 2004. That would be under the guidance of Jimmy Collins way back when. So yes, Raiders did not get to the final dance, the final tournament championship of the Horizon League. UIC did, but they fell short to Norfolk, Kentucky. We'll talk a little bit about the Norse in a minute. Because Wright State won the regular season championship, the Raiders will be going back into the NIT, which, of course, those... Not fans of Wright State will say, not in tournament. Ha ha ha, because it's so funny. But, disappointing, yeah, but sometimes you'll have those games, and UIC came out on fire. I mentioned on Tom Green's podcast, which, by the way, you should go search and listen to not only the episode I was in, but listen to Tom's podcast. He is a broadcaster in the Michigan area. A good guy, and good podcast as well. But, yeah. I was not expecting Wright State to be dethroned by that. Dethroned, even. I don't know if dethrall is a word, but... Yeah, UIC had themselves a great semi-game. Final game? Well, we'll talk about that when we get to Northern Kentucky, which we'll actually do right now. We're in the Horizon League talk. We might as well. The Men-Norse are the Horizon League tournament champs. They knock off UIC 71-62 to go dancing for the third time in four seasons. With John Brennan, now Darren Horn, at the helm of NKU, that future, certainly bright. And I don't know what it is, but regular season, they're they're great. They are a great team. But tournament time, whew, it's tough to knock off the Norse. And something about that. I mean, granted, Green Bay, the semifinal game for NKU, Green Bay led 
for what I saw most of that game, and then Northern Kentucky came out late in the second half and took it away from the Phoenix. But Northern Kentucky 23-9 and the HL Tournament champs, meaning the Norse will be in the big dance, and we'll talk about that more next week. The women Norse, 20-12, and 12, great season for the women's basketball team at NKU. They took down number five Milwaukee to get to Indy by a 78-58 margin, but could not get past number two Green Bay. Although very close game, and Northern Kentucky had a big three to lead the Phoenix late, but Green Bay won it 50-49. to Which, by the way, in case you are curious about who won the women's basketball side of the Horizon League tournament, that would be number one IUPUI, meaning the Jaguars of Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis, will be dancing for the first time ever. I like that little note there, and I thought it was pretty cool. We'll stick around the Cincinnati area. We'll mix things up. We'll talk about the Xavier Musketeers. The Big East tournament yet to start, but tonight, I think 9.30, you can listen to the Musketeers battle number 10 to Paul. And that'll be on local radio. I believe 700 has that. The Musketeers fell a little short to Butler to close out the regular season, 72-71. And the Musketeers in the regular season, 19-12 and 8-10 in the Big East. Like I mentioned on Tom Green's podcast, I'm going to be saying that a lot because I got to talk about local hoops because that's what I follow the most. And I don't want to sound, you know, like I don't know what I'm talking about, but that's what I follow the most around local hoops. I really expected a little bit more of this Musketeers team. I don't know if I'm in the right to say that, but second-year head coach Travis Steele, I I was rooting for him, and I like how he carries the Musketeers squad. Now the big question is, can Xavier do enough work to get into the big dance? I think a couple Big East tournament wins will put the Musketeers in, maybe even the last four in, but we'll see. The Women Musketeers, they fell in OT to their first opponent in the Big East Tournament to number 7 Villanova. That is number 7 in the tournament, not overall in the country. 64-56, meaning Xavier finished 3-27 and 2-16 and in the Big East. Tough year for Xavier women's basketball, but gave Villanova a heck of a ride for the first round. And now to the Cincinnati Bearcats. It's an exciting time for UC Hoops. We'll start with the women. 22-10, 11-5 in the AAC. And you might know in the American, there's those Yukon Huskies. They're moving to the Big East next year, meaning if Cincinnati keeps this up, they might have that crown. Possibly. Of course, UCF is pretty good too. But talking about this year in the American Tournament. The Bearcats beat the 11-seeded Memphis Tigers, 94-52. Also upset the number 2 UCF Golden Knights, 57-51. But felt UConn in the title game, 87-53. By the way, since becoming members of the American Athletic Conference, this is the first runner-up trophy that UC's women's basketball has won. UConn has won the American title for the past seven seasons. I was about to say Big East. Whoa there, that's next year. The Men Bearcats. American Athletic Conference Champions. I mentioned in previous few updates that the Bearcats were behind Houston and Tulsa. Well, they finished with a three-way tie for first. And UC got the number one seed because Wichita State knocked off... Did they knock off Tulsa? 
Pretty sure it was Tulsa. The Bearcats got a close shave on their senior night against Temple, 64-63, and that gave the Bearcats the overall number one seed. Not bad in head coach John Brennan's first year. Yes, of course, there's negative things to point out about, like the Bearcats didn't pick up their first win until, what was it, the second month or so? Second road win, I mean. First road win, I should mention. So, what does UC get? Well, they either get number eight UCF, a team that beat UC on their home court in, how many OTs was that? It was a couple OTs. Or number nine USF, which is led by former Dayton Flyer head coach Brian Gregory. Whoever wins that battle of Florida will take on UC, and that'll be Friday at 1. That's on 700WLW if you like listening to radio, like what I do. And that is probably what I'm going to be listening to when I head to work at Wright State, because baseball, we'll talk about that after the break. We move up the road to the Miami Red Hawks. Tough season for both women's and men's hoops. We start with the men, 13-19. and 19. However, a big upset win at number 5 Buffalo, 85-79. With that upset win for MU, the Red Hawks are making the fly to Cleveland. The flight, even. Making the fly? What, what did I say? Number four, Northern Illinois, awaits the Miami Redhawks Thursday at 2.30. As you already heard from my spiel about the coronavirus, no fans. So make sure you have a TV, a radio. In the Dayton area, it's 9.80. Should be 9.80. I'm not sure. In the Richmond area, it's G1013 that carries the signal. That's the new home of the flagship. And I think WMOH has it in Hamilton. As well, the women Red Hawks, they dropped nine in a row to close out the season. Miami fell to Buffalo, 87-72, to open up MAC tournament play. And to close out D1 hoops, we're talking about those Dayton Flyers. We'll start with the women. A-10 champs, they won the whole King Caboodle at UD Arena. The path took UD through number nine Richmond, 79-68. Number four St. Louis, 58-50. And number two, VCU, 52-48. That gives the Flyers a 25-8 record and a ticket to the big dance. And of course, that'll be determined a little bit later in a couple days. Next episode, we should be talking more about who's dancing. These women Flyers are the men Flyers. They are more than likely going dancing and might even be the number one seed. I mentioned, again, going back to Tom Green's podcast... Which, by the way, it's listed on social media, so go out and listen to it. Dayton, number three in the country, 29-2, and and a clean sweep through the Atlantic 10, 18-0. What I thought was going to be the toughest game of the season for UD? Nope. Flyers won at 84-57 at Rhode Island. Did battle closely with George Washington until about uh, after the first media timeout of the second half. And then the Flyers slew over the Colonial 76-51. A-10 tournament hasn't started yet for UD. They will take on either number 8 UMass, or this came as a surprise to me looking it up, number 9 VCU. What the heck happened to VCU? I mean, last time I checked the standings, they were like 3rd. Now they're ninth. Boo! That's the sound of VCU sliding down the slide. So yeah. I think the Minutemen gave UD quite the challenge. Of course, that was at UMass, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was at UMass. And VCU, I mean, Flyers took care of business against Virginia Commonwealth. 
I think if the Flyers win the A-10 tourney, no question in my mind, number one seed. Losing the first round, hey, they'll be in the big dance, but eh. Just got to take care of business, which, by the way, the Dayton Flyers did name uh, first-teamers. Anthony Grant, Coach of the Year, well-deserved. If you want to talk about a guy that represents UD, look at Anthony Grant. Go back to the late 1980s where he played for Don Donaher. That guy is UD through and through, and I'm super happy for him. I, I like Anthony Grant. I think Grant being at UD, that's... It's like the perfect fit. It's like peanut butter and jelly. So I'm definitely happy for the Flyers. And the A-10 tournament certainly will be interesting. Again, UD gets it underway Friday at noon against either UMass or VCU. UMass is the higher C of the two, but, you know, that doesn't mean anything half the time. And now we drop down to Division Two Central State. We mentioned won their first game in the SIAC tournament. However, the second game was a little bit tough for both Marauder squads. The men fell to Clark Atlanta 83-77, and the women fell to LeMoyne-Owen College, that's in Tennessee, not to be confused with LeMoyne in New York by Syracuse, I believe, 68-56. So Central State basketball is in the books for 2019-2020. I mentioned Cedarville, the men were finished, the women, however, weren't. And I think I made the error saying season's done because I didn't really know what was next for the Yellow Jackets, which is my fault. There's a couple that I'm going to uh, fix during this first segment. So let's talk about the women Yellow Jackets, 20-8 and and 13-5 and in the Great Midwest Athletic Conference, or the GMAC. And the Jackets are hosting the NCCAA Midwest Regional tonight and tomorrow. Yes, I know I said two Cs because it's the National Christian College Athletic Association. Cedarville is part of the NCCAA and the NCAA Division II. So Cedarville gets to host number four Roberts Wesleyan tonight and also take on the winner of Grace, number two Grace, or number three Concordia up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Now, this is going to be somewhat of a theme, and I hate that it's a theme. No crowd. So Cedarville is definitely getting their streaming options set up. So watch it online, listen to it online. You can follow the Yellow Jackets there. I think it's yellowjackets.cedarville.edu is the official athletic website. Or just Google it, Cedarville Yellow Jackets. You're not going to find Cedarville High School by mistake because it's the Cedarville Indians. Well, you might, depending on Google. I don't know. So yeah, women's basketball continues on at CU. Urbana, on the other side. They fell, both Blue Knights fell in the first round of the Mountain East Conference Tournament. For the men, they fell to West Virginia Wesleyan, 68-54. Women fell to Concord, 92-87, closing out the hoops here at Urbana. And now down to Division Three. If they ended the season before last week, we're not talking about it again. And that only leaves with us one team, and that would be the Wittenberg Tigers. The all-time winningest program in NCAA Division Three, which is really cool. That's in Springfield, Ohio. The Tigers are number nine. As you might remember, they fell to Wooster in the NCAC title game. However, Wittenberg still got an at-large bid, and with that at-large bid, the Tigers have turned it in for wins number 27 and 28 on the year. The Tigers beat La Roche 83-66, 
And this is probably a name I'm going to butcher. If you care to tell me how to pronounce it, social media. Susquehanna. 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 It's S-U-S-Q-U-E-H-A-N-N-A. Tigers won that 77-73. What's next for Wittenberg? They'll be making the way to the most successful football school in Ohio. That would be Mount Union. Don't agree with my opinion? Don't care. So yeah, Tigers get Mount Union in alliance for the third round of the NCAA Big Dance. And Wittenberg came out earlier today saying no fans of Mount Union. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about JUCO, or community colleges is the proper term. The Sinclair women, they fell in their last game of the OCCAC. That's Ohio Community College Athletic Association. Uh, no, it's not. That second one, that second A is the C. That'd be conference. Ohio Community College Athletic Conference. The OSAC. There you go. Sinclair fell to Lakeland 83-51. But there's another team that came back and beat Lakeland for the first round of the NJCAA, National Junior College Athletic Association, D2 Women's Basketball Championship. As Edison State beat Lakeland 80-76. That gives the Chargers 26 wins against three losses. Yeah, Edison State has themselves quite the women's basketball program. And now Pima Community College will await these Chargers in Port Huron, Michigan's SC4 Fieldhouse Tuesday at 1. That's next Tuesday, not yesterday. Yeah, Chargers move on. However, the men basketball Chargers do not. They fell to Cuyahoga 76-73 in their first game of the OCCAC tournament. NAIA, well, there's plenty of stuff to talk about. Thomas Moore, both teams are looking for an at-large bid. Both teams fell in the Mid-South Championship game. The men's basketball Saints ranked number 18, 26-7. They fell to number one Georgetown. That's number one in the country, Georgetown. The Tigers, 88-72. The Saints picked up wins in the tournament against Lindsey Wilson, 69-55, and Cumberland's Kentucky, 77-67, to play Georgetown. Thomas Moore now looking for an at-large bid in the NAIA D1 Men's Basketball National Championship, which starts next Wednesday. The Women's Basketball Saints ranked number 22, 22-10. They fell in the title game to Shawnee State, 81-72. That, I believe, is Portsmouth, Ohio. Not to be confused with Portsmouth. So for the Women's Saints, 61-54 winners over Pikeville and 69-58 winners over number 2 Campbellsville for the title game. Now the only difference is, I believe the men play in Kansas City, Kansas. I did not write what the arena was for the men's side. Women's side, Billings, Montana. And that'll be at the Metro Park Arena. So the Saints look to go marching into March. Oh, when the Saints go marching in. And now IU East. We mentioned women's basketball fell in their first round of the River States Conference. We mentioned the Red Wolves won the RSC title over number 22 IU Kokomo 70-65. The reward for Indiana East out of Richmond. They get number 15 Southeastern University in Sioux Falls, South Dakota at 645 tomorrow, Thursday. This is the last NAIA Division II Men's B-Ball National Championship bracket, by the way. I read that, I think it was on the 
IUE Red Wolf's press release. have to double-check that for next week. Now for the USCAA, I mentioned Cincinnati Claremont. The schedules did not have the Cougars of UC Claremont marching on. That was not true. Both UC Claremont teams got to the men's basketball big dance. For the men, they fell to number 6 Vermont Tech 108-100. They fell by 8 to those Knights, but they picked up a nice win against the Berkeley New York Knights 92-79. And that ended the season for UC Claremont at 24-6. The women, before the tournament, 18-6, they fell to number 5 Silver Main Community College. And then they took on number 9, Andrews University, which is in Michigan. I did not know that until I looked it up earlier today. But I can't find a result on social media, Google, or anything. So, yay. That's not a yay, but there you go. And now a little bit of hockey talk. The Miami Red Hawks, they're preparing for the playoffs. They finished 8-21-5, and 5-16-3 in NCHC play. And they dropped both their contests to number 17 Western Kentucky on the road. Miami, because of that, they get number 4, number 5, Minnesota Duluth in the best of three series, all at Minnesota Duluth. Now for Cincinnati Bearcats hockey, it's club, it's not part of UC Bearcats athletics, like collegially, it's a club, like I mentioned, but that doesn't stop them. UC is just rolling along. Cincinnati 18-9-1-1. They picked up a pair of playoff wins against the Delaware Blue Hens 6-1 and Wake Forest 4-0. The reward for UC? Well, you get to keep on playing. And the Bearcats get Keene State, the University of Mary. And thank you, Cassie. I appreciate you hitting the keyboard. Now it says, basketball scores. Silly cat. Now I got to scroll back down. Excuse me a second. Again, University of Mary. Not to be fused of University of Not Mary's. And Davenport University next week at the CH Star Center in Plano, Texas. So down to the Lone Star State go UC. But the Miami Redhawks will also join Cincinnati. Although the Redhawks fell in the title game to Ohio State, Miami is the number four seed in the ACHA playoffs and the reward for getting the fourth seed you get number one umass amherst that's the main campus of umass the minimum number two salt college i think that's salt s-a-u-l-t like salt say mary salt say mary yes the salt and number three metropolitan state denver i had to look up what msu was because i thought it was just mountain state then i looked it's like it's not michigan state denver is it no it what I just said. And that's part of the ACHA playoffs. And one more hockey tidbit. The Cincinnati Cyclones. 38-16-8 on the year. And first in the Central Division with 84 points. And the first team in the Central to lock up a playoff spot with 10 games left in the regular season. Two of those are at home at Heritage Bank Center in April. Yeah, Cyclones have been quite good for some time. Now it's just get through the playoffs and hoist the Kelly Club. The Kelly Cup. I knew I was going to do that once again. Darn it. But your time's running out on following the Cyclones. Because, yeah, April you got a couple regular season games. That's playoff time. And then, bam. It's over just like that in front of you. Also, you might wonder who's representing the Columbus District 
for ice hockey playoffs? Well, that would be the New Albany Eagles. Yes, the same New Albany team that beat Upper Arlington for the first time this year. The Eagles took it against Olentangy Liberty. I believe it was 4-3 the final score, possibly 3-2. But New Albany will go to the Final Four for the first time in school history. Very proud of those New Albany Eagles. It's one of the teams I didn't get to see because Springboro visited New Albany this year. But next year, New Albany should be flying into South Metro. So, best of luck to New Albany. They have St. Francis de Sales of Toledo. And then it'll be either, I think it's St. Ignatius and University School. No, Gilmore Academy, I beg your pardon. Gilmore Academy and St. Ignatius. And then the state title game will be played Sunday, March 15th, after the Senior All-Star Game in front of no fans because, yeah, coronavirus and Governor DeWine, you know. Some people say overreacting. I'm, I don't know, but we're not getting into that. And that's your basketball and hockey wrap-up. We'll come back part two of this podcast, and we'll talk a little college baseball and softball to warm you up. This is the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. Hey listeners, did you know that you can buy gear supporting the local Sunday Sports Podcast? Visit the leewmallon.com slash podcast, then click on Buy Podcast Merchandise, made by T Public. You can get shirts, hoodies, mugs, phone cases, and even stickers. Check out the local Sunday Sports gear by T Public. Before we slide head first into college baseball and softball, hot off the presses just about 20 minutes ago from John Chick. And this is from The Score, my one of two sports apps I have on my phone. NCAA's women's and men's tournaments will be held without fans. The NCAA has taken the unprecedented step of announcing that both men's and women's NCAA tournament games will be played without fans as a precaution against the spread of coronavirus. More to come. Again, this is from John Chick, and apparently this is 14 minutes ago, but I literally just saw it once I was saving the first part. And the news rolls on. Remember the Dayton flight? Well, they did pick up their first win. I believe it's against the Tampa Bay Titans. But now, just from the Columbus Condors Facebook page about 34 minutes ago, this is from the league. Evelyn Magley, CEO of the Basketball League, announced a bold solution to the current coronavirus situation in the world and sporting events. Effective this day, there will be no more regular season games played in current venues. The facts of the health risks to fans and players coupled with the reaction of the universities where some teams play and NCAA leagues canceling their conference tournaments, this is the most responsible move TBL can make. The third-year league will host a four-day all-league tournament without fans in Owensboro, Kentucky, March 19th through the 22nd at the Owensboro Sports Center. Isn't that the greatest name for a venue? It is. Don't argue with me. The format will be team seeded 5 through 12 play on Thursday. Winners of Thursday's play teams, 1 through 4 on Friday. Okay, so if you're seeded 5 through 12, you play each other Thursday. Whoever wins those games plays the first, second, third, and fourth teams on Friday. Constellation game Saturday, followed by the winners from Friday, which are the final four. TBL championship game is Sunday the 22nd. Times of games and matchups will be announced on all TBL social media platforms Thursday the 12th, so tomorrow. 
Games will be live streamed via Sportscaster Live. We are a different league and as such always want to keep our players and fans healthy as top priority. At the same time, we owe it to our teams to give them more opportunities to be seen as well as a true championship that they'll all play for. Yeah. No more regular season games. This is heading into professional sports. Of course, you see, you know, coronavirus. It's got a heavy presence around the Seattle area. I think California's affected. Cuyahoga County had a couple positive cases. Which is weird, because at the time, Wright State was just uh, getting from face-to-face teaching, like in-class classes, to online only. And Cleveland State didn't have anything yet. John Carroll did, though, and they're in the same county, I think. But yeah, this is from the Columbus Condors Facebook page. I just mentioned NCAA tournament without fans. I think immediate family members can go there, but working media. And the Columbus Blue Jackets, a team that I don't talk about enough on here, which it's just, that's how it happens. Sorry. They'll play the remaining home games without spectators. Team employees and media will be allowed to attend. And just looking at the comments, one person says, that's not what the CBJ website says. And that was just updated about an hour ago. Yeah. I I won't talk about it again, but the coronavirus is nothing to sneeze at. I really hope this passes. It's really freaking me out. When countries close, that's bad. To make it lighthearted, Hello there, Italy's closed. Moose Al Front should have told you. You know, National Poon's vacation. John Candy. But, yeah. Uh, the truth of the matter is, this is scary. And going, you know, on the selfish side of things, I, I need to work. I mean, my slate is completely full of baseball and softball. Now, of course, rainouts happen. Snowouts are starting to happen more in spring. Grr. But I need to work, and I need to keep working to put the roof over my head, my fiancé's head, and it, it scares me. It scares me that this virus is coming through, and there's not really a lot known about it. Big thing is, wash your hands. Wash your hands, wash your hands. Wash your hands while listening to this podcast. But don't actually put your podcast listening device in the sink. That would be weird. And also probably ruin it. Also, Coach Tony Morris just shared on his Facebook, the prospect skate for the Dayton Flyers hockey team has been canceled for March 30th. So yeah. Things are getting a little scary. And yours truly, I mean, I try to make jokes... I I don't know. There's also something I wanted to talk about, too, and I I can't believe I forgot to. But going back to the hockey side, demolition of part of Hair Arena will start soon. And this was written by Thomas Now. How do you say? G-N-A-U? Hopefully he tells me how to pronounce it. But written March 9th, so two days ago. Go to the bottom of the article, or towards the bottom of the article. Mentions about the zoning and everything and getting ready to bulldoze the part. This big part of the paragraph 
is something everyone needs to hear. There's no chance we're going back to bring back Hair Arena. There's no chance we're going to bring back Hair Arena. People have been after me, Height said, the guy that owns it. When are you going to reopen that? There's absolutely no chance at all that we're going to bring back Hair Arena. There's just no market for it. I hate to say it, but Trotwood, Ohio, USA is not the best area. Salem Mall, gone. All the stores, gone. Pretty much around Salem, what do you have left? Fast food? That's it. Even Office Depot's closing there. So I think Consumer Square, that shopping center by 49 in Shiloh Springs, is completely empty. Kmart's gone. Elder Beerman's Superstore. Well, Elder Beerman's Furniture Superstore, gone. But then again, well, actually, Elder Beerman closed that store before Elder Beerman became bankrupt and not a thing. Kmart gone. Target gone. Walmart moved up the road to Hoke. Which, if you don't know, that's closer to Inglewood, but it's right off the interstate. That's that's a really good location. So there you go. Cub Foods. Well, they moved out a long time ago, but I want them back in the Miami Valley. Yeah, Tropwood, it's not the greatest area, so no more Hair Arena. And they're going to tear down the tornado damage part. And Heights, and two paragraphs down, he could have something for you in the next 30 to 45 days. There's a lot of upper opportunities in there. So probably light industry, you know, maybe a warehouse, who knows, maybe storage. I. Is it sad? Oh, heck yes. That's why I broadcast the date Demons and Demolition. Of course I have great memories of Hair Arena, but yeah, it's gone. By the way, I just realized, you do realize with NCAA having no fans, that is going to hit first four. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what that's going to do for the bottom line, because normally, what's that bring into Montgomery County and Dayton alone? 80 mil? Something like that? Yeah. Like I said, this is scary, and I, I'm really, really scared about everything. So, you know, someone tell me that's going to be Okay, that'd be great. Let's talk about college baseball and softball so I don't have to worry about all that. As you might know if you follow me on social media, we have college baseball again, and college softball is supposed to start up on Sunday. Dayton Flyers opened up at home with a three-game series against the Northern Kentucky Norse, and Wright State just had their first home game yesterday against the Miami Redhawks. As PA announcer for both Flyers and Raiders baseball and Raiders softball, I'm ecstatic. Get to be outside, fresh air, and sunshine some days, and not a lot of rain some days. I'm excited. I love college baseball and softball season, especially when it gets warmer and it's nicer too. And yes, I know everyone's like, oh, but it's daylight savings. We lost an hour of sleep. Yeah, but the sun's staying up later. So. It doesn't set at 5 p.m. It's like, where did everyone go? It's nighttime. I, I like that. So I, I try to look at the positive side of it. Let's talk some college baseball and softball. This is going to work just like college basketball. Except again, no one-minute dashes. I, I'm just not feeling up to it. I want to start off and talk about college baseball and softball. We're going to start with Wright State, my alma mater. I mentioned home opener last night. And the Raiders got on to a smiling side of a scoreboard by thumping Miami 16-5. to 
Former Tippecanoe Red Devil, Kenton Aberg. Kenton Egbert. A pitcher that I've seen pitch for the Red Devils uh, constantly at Wright State and was fifth third field back then. He got the start for Miami. He lasted two innings, gave up six runs, and took his second loss of the season. Sometimes that happens. And he'll do well with Miami. I know he will, but tough lump to start off 2020 in his collegiate year. Like I said, he will rebound, and I think he'll be a dynamite starting pitcher. I think in a couple years, he'll be a weekend starter, which in college baseball, that's pretty much your one, two, threes go. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So the Raiders, 6-9 and nine on the season. You might remember them from taking 2 out of 3 against number 11 Tennessee on the road. Well, the Raiders will open up Horizon League play this weekend to take on the Milwaukee Panthers. And the Panthers and Raiders get set Friday at 3, and yours truly will be out there to announce it. So come out to Nishwood Stadium and enjoy, or watch it on ESPN+. Plus If there's more... More restrictions on fans coming out. Although, outdoor sports really hasn't been too affected collegiately. Now, I say that in XFL, the Seattle game against Los Angeles, I think that had to be postponed. And there's a couple games overseas that are being postponed, like Premier League. I think Manchester U. It wasn't Manchester U in Manchester City. I don't think that that was just played. How about Wright State softball? Well, they're 7-11. They took two games out of five in the Arizona State University Invitational. They dropped their final one against that school in Columbus. The Raiders are at Dayton Friday for two before their home opener Sunday at noon against Western Michigan for two. So come on out and enjoy some softball and baseball. It's happening in Wright State. Onwards to UD and the Dayton Flyers. This Wright State team, they're going to be good, and I think they'll win the Horizon League. Of course, UIC's on the way, and Milwaukee, always a bridesmaid, never a bride, but a team you can't take lightly. Dayton Flyers, this baseball team, yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, things have to come together, but the home series against Northern Kentucky, you can say, yeah, Northern Kentucky has the highest ERA in collegiate baseball. That's not a joke, by the way. That's in Division One. Northern Kentucky has the highest ERA. I know, I was a little shocked on that too. But UD, 6-8 and eight after their sweep against Northern Kentucky, 4-3, 13-4, and 14-0. Before the Flyers traveled on Monday at Moorhead State, that was supposed to be Tuesday, but all that rain kind of threw a wrench in those plans, and the Flyers fell 19-5. And the upcoming series, well, if you live in Muncie or you live in Dayton, well, you get a chance to see the Flyers and Ball State. Normally, it's a game against Ball State Friday, Two at Ball State and Muncie, and then one more at home against BSU. It's reversed this time round. You have two single games in Muncie and the doubleheader in Dayton. So Saturday at noon, Ball State is at Dayton. And free admission, come on out to DPNL Stadium. You can hear my voice. Softball for UD, 6-12. and 12. They took two out of four games in the Eastern Kentucky Invite. They're at Moorhead State this afternoon. And then we'll welcome in Wright State Friday for two. Then Western Michigan for two on Saturday. Onwards from Dayton to Oxford, the Miami Red Hawks. Baseball 7-7. Seven and seven. You heard they lost a tough game to Wright State 16-5. But the Red Hawks have an interesting series starting tomorrow for three games. 
Penn State comes into town. Yes, the Big Ten Penn State Nittany Lions. There's a lot of Big Ten teams coming to Dayton. I think Miami's hosting Illinois after Dayton plays Illinois and Mason. Ohio State's actually coming to Wright State and play. I know, whatever next. That's Tuesday, by the way. Come on out, St. Patrick's Day. Also, please be careful on the roads. Now, what's special about Penn State, they're led by former Wright State head coach Rob Cooper, and the Nittany Lions will battle with the Red Hawks in Oxford starting Thursday at 6 for three games. Miami softball, they're 12-8. and eight. They fell at Indiana 1-0. Michigan State will come in for three games starting Saturday. I said a lot of Big Ten teams coming into Southwest Ohio. I like to think it's the podcast, but yeah, I know better. Those stats are going down, down, down. As you might have saw that tweet saying, what do I need to do to bring in listeners? And no one responded, because of course. How about Cincinnati baseball? I will let you know Cincinnati and Xavier do not field softball teams. So we're just talking baseball at UC and XU. Which is weird to think, but then again, there's no softball fields at Cincinnati or Xavier. So there you go. The Bearcats are 7-7. Seven and seven. They swept Eastern Michigan at home 8-1, 13-6, and 14-2. The Bearcats are at Indiana, led by former Wright State head coach Jeff Mercer tonight, and then travel west further to take on the Kansas Jayhawks for three. Xavier's 5-9 on the year. They beat Northern Kentucky 24-15. Yes, I said that right, 24-15. That's not a very low-scoring basketball score from the heyday of hoops. But then Xavier dropped a three-game series to Long Beach State. They avoid the sweep with a close win on Sunday. That's number 17, Long Beach State. You might know them as the dirtbags in baseball. Musketeers are living the California life. They have Southern California tonight before playing three at Cal State Fullerton, two very historic baseball programs. It's a little surprised that Cal State Fullerton wasn't ranked. USC, I don't think they've been ranked for a while now. Norfolk, Kentucky, I mentioned baseball. A little bit tough start to the year. They're 0-16. They drop three at UD, but a five-game homestand starts up for the Norse. Eastern Kentucky comes in to NKU tonight. And then Youngstown State makes the trip to Cincinnati to tangle with the Norse. And then former Horizon Link foe Butler is in to close out the homestand. Now, no, Butler and Norfolk, Kentucky weren't in the Horizon Link at the same time. Actually, I think Valpo came in, then left. <laughs> and Butler left, Valpo was in it, then Norfolk, Kentucky came in, and then Valpo left. So, there you go. So, no, Butler and Norfolk, Kentucky were not Horizon League foes. It's just Butler's a former HL foe. Now in the Big East. Norfolk, Kentucky softball is 9-9, nine and nine, but they dropped 3 of 5 at the Stenson Invitational. Norfolk, Kentucky is set to take on the Spring Games, as opposed to the Summer Games, or the Winter Games. Where if you play on the NES when you're doing the, uh, oh, what's that event called? Jump off. That's what it sounds like. It's great. So Norfolk, Kentucky has Long Island U, Niagara, Eastern Illinois, North Florida, and Manhattan College awaiting. And that closes out D1 baseball and softball. D2, well, one of the teams we can't talk about, Central State. No baseball, no softball. Central State does have a historic baseball history. Historic baseball history. In the history of Central State, yes, there is a pretty successful baseball team, but I don't think they've had baseball for quite some time. It'd be nice if Central State got baseball and softball at the same time, but 
you know, we'll see. Cedarville baseball. Well, the Jackets are seven and five. They fell to Minnesota State. No, not the same school from Coach. This is actually a Minnesota State. Back then, when they filmed Coach, of course, Minnesota State didn't exist. It was fictional. So there you go. A little bit more knowledge for you. Alderson Brodus awaits Cedarville for four games this weekend on the road. Softball is five and nineteen. That's right. Twenty-four games already in for the Yellow Jackets. A close loss to number four, number twenty-four. Excuse me, Southern Indiana, three to one. Number twenty-two, Saginaw Valley State, will await the Yellow Jackets as they make their way into Greene County this Friday. Urbana softball's four and four. As the Blue Knights, almost a Blue Jackets there. Whoa, the Blue Knights fell to Northwood, Michigan, four to one. Urbana had UND this morning, then Wayne State in Nebraska, in Winter Haven, Florida. As we go along Division Three and beyond, you're going to see there's a lot of spring break games that we're going to talk about, especially for softball. For baseball in Urbana, they're one and ten. They fell to Kentucky State, four to two. The previous home series against Davenport and Hillsdale were canceled, and Urbana is at Akron tonight, and then back next Tuesday, which... Two games at the same place? I don't know. Come on, Coach Soto. That's Mario Soto. You know, formerly... No, Chris Sabo. Chris Sabo. Mario Soto, what? What am I talking about? Chris Sabo is the manager of the Akron Zips, as U of A has their baseball team back, which is great to see. Yeah. That really saved up the budget, didn't Yeah. Division 3! Before I get on a long tangent saying baseball, cutting baseball doesn't really save in your budget, does it, Akron? Wilmington! Baseball is off to an 08 start. They fell to Alma, 17-7. Next game for the Quakers. They're at Birmingham Southern for three total games, two against the host, and one a neutral side game featuring Emery. Not to be fused with Emery from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Emery, the melon's on fire! But yeah. Quaker softball, 5-2, and two, but they fell to Onoda, 1-0. Onoda? Onioda? I don't know. I don't know how to say that. One thing about researching D2 and D3 and lower levels, I shouldn't say lower levels, but other levels other than D1... You're a lot of schools, and it's like, how do you say that? Just, it's really cool, and I, I like doing that. So, how about Wilmington Softball? Well, they were currently battling Rochester Institute. They have games against SUNY Canton, Brockport, waiting down south. Wittenberg, baseball's 5-2 and two with five straight wins in the books after a crushing of Plymouth State in Florida, 13-0. Earlier today, Wittenberg was beating Merchant Marine 11-3 in Fort Myers, Florida, and still have a game or two against Rockford. Hi, Brett Myers. For Wittenberg softball, the Tigers are 3-1. They won against Westminster, Pennsylvania, 6-4. Carthage, DeSales, Emanuel of Massachusetts, Marywood, Bridgewater State, and Minnesota Morris will await these Tigers in Florida. To Mount St. Joseph, baseball's 3-6. and six. They defeated Kaysnovia. Kaysnovia? Kaysnovia? I don't know. I don't know how to say that. 19-6. Lions have Becker, not to be confused with the character that Ted Danson played all those years ago, in the Russ Matt Invite in Florida. Fallball games against Medallia? Medallia? 
I read that as Mediaville when I was typing it up, but it's not that. I promise. And Wentworth. Yes, I'm going to do a J.G. Wentworth joke. It's my baseball, and I need it now. Mount St. Joseph's softball, 6-6. Six and six. They defeated Wooster 4-2. Carthage, Ohio Wesleyan, Washington College, and Mount Mary are taking on MSJ in Minnesota. Excuse me, I read that as Minnesota. Wish it was warm up there. Mineola, Florida, this week. The Orlem Quakers, no softball, so only baseball to talk about. Orlem, 7-3 on the year. They drop 2-3 at home to Kalamazoo. And Richmond's Quakers get capital in for three starting Saturday. Now on to JUCO. Mentioned all the time Sinclair Baseball. Definitely a strong program. Well, the Tartan Pride are ranked number 11 in the country. They're 9-5 after a two-game split with Kalamazoo Valley Community College. They fell 9-8 in Game 1, but rebounded nicely with a 5-3 Sinclair win. Kellogg Community College, who's a pretty good opponent in baseball for Sinclair, they're coming in for two. Two for four games. Wait, what? What did I write there? Oh, no. My, my notes don't make sense. I guess I'm saying in for two days for four games starting Friday because... Yeah, that's how community college baseball normally works. So yeah, I think it's four games starting Friday against Kellogg, which is not named the Serial Killers. I know. Sinclair Softball, they're 7-8 and eight after a 10-1 win over Bay College at Cocoa Beach. Sinclair will get Jamestown Community College this Saturday. For Clark State, baseball 4-3 and three after splitting two at Thomas Moore's JV squad. 17-16 in the first game, a win for Clark. And a 12-3 defeat. Eagles are set to host UC Claremont tomorrow. Softball has yet to play a game. And the starting day for the Eagles, March 31st. So yeah, we got a little bit. Owens Community College will welcome in the Eagles out of Clark County. Edison State, well, baseball is 0-7. They fell in both games against Wright State Lake, 5-1 and 3-2. And Edison State will get Heidelberg, which is a D3 school in... Northeast Ohio, I believe, on Tuesday. For Edison State softball, they're 2-0. They have a pair of wins against the club team out of the University of Dayton, 11-0 and 11-3. And Jamestown Community College is in this Friday. NAIA. Unfortunately, we can't talk about Wilberforce because there's no baseball nor softball at WU. Which is a shame. I, I, Wilberforce, if I remember right, when I was a kid, Wilberforce had every sport. And just slowly whittled down to... Well, actually, they increased it over the past few seasons. Basketball, uh, I think track and field, golf, tennis? I don't know. But, yeah, no Wilberforce baseball or softball to talk about. Thomas Moore. Baseball's 4-13-1 after a 4-2 loss at Asbury. And the Saints have number 7 Cumberland's Kentucky coming in for three starting Friday. Softball on the other side, 7-8 and eight on the year after a 5-4 win over St. Francis, Illinois in Kissimmee, Florida. Number 22, St. Xavier. No, not the high school in Cincinnati nor Louisville. And St. Ambrose will wait later today. And for Indiana University East, no baseball, no softball. But if IU East did want to start baseball, I know of a venue they could use. It's called McBride Stadium. It's not too far from the campus on US-27. Build a baseball team. Do it. USCAA. Wright State Lake. No softball. It's just baseball. Lakers, I believe, are 5-4. and four. 
on the okay USC AA. I have to go to the league website. I can't go on UC Claremont's nor Wright State Lakes site. So if I'm wrong, forgive me. But the Lakers, I believe, are five and four. They took two from Clark State, and they played both those games at Nishwood Stadium. It seems like Wright State Lake Campus Lakers baseball gets more chance to play in Nishwitz than Wright State Lake Campus basketball gets at Nutter Center. And that's mainly just because, you know, Nutter Center is used for concerts, graduations. Well, that's later towards the year, but you get what I'm saying. Whereas Nishwitz, you play baseball. You don't want to play baseball? Well, bye. I don't know. UC Claremont. Baseball's four and six. They took two or three from Rochester College. I believe that's Rochester College in New York. I don't know. Scheduled to play at Clark State tomorrow. And UC Claremont softball apparently is 0-0. They were scheduled to host Miami Middletown last Saturday, and I believe they're at OU Chillicothe this Saturday. I say I believe OU Chillicothe because I don't think there's any other colleges in Chillicothe. I could be totally wrong. And Southern State and Hillsboro, well, the Patriots do not have baseball, and the last softball schedule posted is from 2017-2018, so a while ago. Excuse me. And we'll close up with Ohio Regional Campus Conference play. We'll start off with Miami Middletown, my good friends. The Baseball Thunderhawks, 0-2. They dropped a doubleheader to Sinclair, 16-0 and 10-0. However, there's no result for Tuesday's bout against Kentucky Christian. Miami Middletown is scheduled to play at Oakland City this weekend. That's Oakland City, Indiana, I believe. Softball, no results yet. The DH at UC Claremont is not registered. Therefore, I don't know what happened. And the Thunderhawks are scheduled to play Edison State away from Middletown next Friday. Miami Hamilton. Baseball's 2-3, and three, but they dropped a three-game series at Johnson University in Tennessee. No results registered from Vero Beach. And the Harriers are scheduled to host UC Claremont Thursday to 26 for their first home game. What's nice about Miami Hamilton baseball, they have Foundation Field which is also the summer home of the Hamilton Joes, a summer collegiate team that I like talking about during, you guessed it, the summer. I like talking about them in the winter. It helps warm things up. Whereas Miami Middletown, from what I understand, they still play one of the fields in Monroe. There's not a field near Middletown to play at. At least that's what I believe. Now Miami Hamilton softball, I think they play at Foundation Field, but I'm not sure where they play at, actually. The Harriers are 1-4. They split at Cleary. No results for a Kentucky Christians game, but the Harriers softball team will be at Asbury on Friday. And that's it. I was going to talk about spring training for the Reds. They did make a couple cuts. DJ Antone, uh, Nick Lodolo, which people were trying to get a change.org petition to. We passed around saying, put him in the Reds. Yeah, last time where someone just skipped the minor leagues entirely was Mike Leake. Lodolo did not. He came into the minor leagues after college and pitched very well in his few games with the Dragons, but then was shut down. So yeah, he'll be in the minors. I think Daytona, maybe Chattanooga. But I, I look forward to seeing what Lodolo can do in the higher levels of the minor leagues. 
The roster needs to be at 26. 24 more cuts to go for Cincinnati, and these cuts are not going to get any easier. So I'm looking forward to that. No official roster yet for Dayton and the Dragons. However, the Dragons are starting to release the position previews for the team. We'll talk about the official roster when it's released. That'll probably be the week of opening day. Florence Yalls. We'll talk a little bit more about them. And, yeah. College baseball and softball's here. It's a great time, and I'm really looking forward to it. I am sad I had to miss two opportunities now to help fill NSPA for Cincinnati Bearcats baseball, but I'm hoping one of these days I have a free day and UC needs me, and then I go down UC and announce, I love Cincinnati. I love, I love my job announcing at Wright State in Dayton. It's a lot of fun. I, I definitely get a kick out of it, but uh, this whole coronavirus thing is very, very scary. So, yeah. Just saw, okay, this tweet is pretty good. From James Hill TV. The coronavirus out here canceling everything but these student loans. Ain't that the truth? So, next week, talk big dance. Talk about how Wittenberg's doing in the third round of the playoffs. IU East. Thomas Moore, did they get... I forgot the phrasing. Did they get the at-large bids? I still can't believe there's no fans going to be able to watch live March Madness. Man, that is really going to be crazy. Again, wash your hands. If you're looking for toilet paper, here's an incoming advertisement. Marks and Kettering, where the Kroger used to be on Whip Road. Plenty of toilet paper, and in fact, if you like to bulk buy without going to the bulk buy stores, which is, you know, Costco, Sam's Club. They have rolls of 20 mega rolls, which is equal to 80 regular rolls, for a little over 20 bucks. So a dollar and some change per roll. Yeah, I bought one. And now I'm trying to figure out where to put it. It doesn't fit underneath the sink. Please help. What's my schedule look like these next few weeks? Well... Let me tell you, do you like hearing me tweet? By hearing me tweet, I mean seeing me tweet. Unless it's a video type of thing, you can't hear me tweet, but whatever. You know what I meant. Do you like seeing my tweets about being at sports? Well, you're going to get a lot of Wright State and UD love coming up because I'm going to be at Wright State. Let's see. This Friday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. By the way, Tuesday's game is against the college in Columbus. I'm sorry, that college in Columbus. Tistic. It's the stick. Tistic. There you go. I still can't believe Ohio State is coming to Wright State. Last time I can remember that really happening... It was, what was it, men's or women's soccer? It was back in 1996. So yeah, it's been a while. So yeah, that's going to be really cool. I'm just waiting on the day that Ohio State visits Dayton. I really hope that happens. I mean, heck, it would have been cool if Ohio State did the swing from Wright State to Dayton, but yeah. And after the Ohio State game, Indiana State, who just released a brand new set of logos to replace... 
something that's been at ISU since 1988. Yeah, those logos were just about as old as I am. That's scary to think, isn't it? How old I am, not the logos. Sorry. But yeah, Ohio State, Indiana State for Wright State Baseball next week. Definitely looking forward to WSU-OSU. And I think Indiana State will be a good test, too. The Milwaukee series, it'll be interesting to see where the Raiders stand. I still think it's a very youthful team, but... Hey, they walloped Miami 16-5 to at home, the first game. So, that youthful movement, I think the Wright State would just be fine. It's just Wright State-UIC. That's going to be the one to watch. And I think I can do all those games late May. Which will really excite And then softball opens up at home against Western Michigan Sunday. Like I mentioned, UD softball opens up at home Friday against Wright State. Unfortunately, it's not a home-and-home anymore for softball, but it's a two-game series at UD or at Wright State. This year, it's at UD, and yours truly doesn't announce UD softball anymore, which makes me sad. I like UD softball. I like that part. You get Carolines Tower in the background. You get the river. It's it's quite a nice place. You forget that, you know, Edwin C. Moses is just right behind you. But yeah, I'm happy spring season is here. Here's to no rain delays, and here's to no coronavirus wiping out the seasons, like it already has for the Ivy League. That would be bad, yours truly. And I think that's how I'm going to wrap up episode 139 of the Cincinnati Dane Sports Podcast. It's been a lot of fun talking sports, as always. Next week, like I mentioned, big dance. We'll talk a little bit more about college baseball. It'll be Wright State's first series in the Horizon League. And hopefully last year, the Horizon League has, you know, just six teams in the league playing baseball. Next year, Purdue Fort Wayne comes in, of course. But next year, I mean fall. A UD... 810 play doesn't start until next weekend, and that's on the road. The first 810 series is until the end of the month at home. Yeah, we do have good sports here. So if anyone tells you that the only sport that should be talked about is Ohio State, tell them, open your eyes. How many schools are in the Cincinnati-Dayton area that you could look and pay attention to? The answer is a lot, because I already closed the list. But we'll talk to you again, episode 140 of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast next week. This is Lee W. Mound signing off. And don't forget to wash your hands. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. To subscribe to the podcast, please visit the leewmowen.com slash podcast. From there, you can choose your favorite platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and many more. Interact with the podcast and host on Twitter at the Lee W. Mallon and at Sunday Pod. Like the Facebook page, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and download the free Flick Chat app, then search for the local Sunday sports group to submit your future Mowen's Mailbag questions. The closing theme is Lights Go Down by Dan Hennig, provided by the YouTube Music Library Collection. This is Lee W. Mowen, and I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Please join me again next week on the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast.